HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com, bringing you the freshest radio in Brooklyn since 2009. Hear directly from chefs to farmers, artists to architects, authors to brewers, and everyone in between. Check out all of our shows on our website or by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. The following message has been brought to you by Fairway Market. What's the buzz about honey? Well, those busy little bees are up to something, and it is delicious. The Fairway label honey is superb. Fairway only hires worker bees that are the best at what they do. This makes for a great-tasting, high-quality honey at an amazing value with the Fairway stamp of approval. And on top of being delicious, honey is a great substitute for other sweeteners and can even benefit your health. This includes better energy, respiratory improvements, and balanced blood sugar levels. It's a no-brainer. Get your Fairway honey today. Listening to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. It's the beginning of fall, um, finally, and uh, we're back with a brand new season of Let's Eat In. And I can't think of a better guest to be beside me for, to kick off this new season than this lady right here. Uh, her name is Classy Parker. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. So Classy has been has been running a garden called Five Star Garden in Harlem for twenty plus years. Yes, correct. And she's also an expert on the wonderful trade of canning, jamming, creating, putting up foods after harvest season, or for after harvest season. And that's what you do. Yes, I do. And I love what I'm doing. And I was actually lucky enough to get to see Classy in Action doing a workshop of hers maybe two years ago. And she's, uh, those are really a lot of fun. Yes. I try to make it fun because... If it's fun, people will do it more often. Right, right. And what do you think is one of the hardest things about engaging communities and coming to the gardens and getting involved in growing their own food, perhaps? The hardest thing is to get them to come. Mm -hmm. They are always in work mode. Right. They have tunnel vision to work, to home, work, home, (laughs) work, home. And my job is to get them out of that rut Come out to the garden and see what you got growing. Right. See the assets that you have and to use those assets for the betterment of your health and enjoyment. 
maybe a lot of people don't know that there's actually all these assets growing in their very own, you know, community. And there's a reason why they don't go out for a walk anymore. (laughs) Years ago, people used to walk. It was exercise. It was to calm them down. It was to see what's in their neighborhood. People have gotten so lazy. They (laughs) sit at home. They push a button to get to a computer instead of getting up and going to the computer. Right. They won't have a, they don't turn on the radio. They got a clicker now to do that. Mm. So I'm saying if, you get active, get moving. One is health-wise. Two, the emotional well-being that you'll get from it is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I don't care how old you are, you can always walk. Yeah, true that. And uh, you've grown up and lived in Harlem your whole life. Yes, correct? I was born in Harlem Hospital 57 years ago. And my parents came from South Carolina, And they lived off the land. They were trained to live off the land. Anything we ate came off the land. My grandmother was an avid canner. I had 20 uncles and aunts that canned. And even though grandma came from down south, when she got in her canning mode, all those had to come up north. (laughs) And she had a canning party. Oh. And we all had to participate. When they went back home, each of them had jars that they could take with them, enough to last them throughout the winter. Wow. And my grandmother did this every year. And she would take whatever is in season. One time she made a orange peeling uh, pie. Ooh. And I didn't believe she could do that. I didn't believe you could eat orange peelings. I dared grandma. And I lost the bet because I could not stop eating it. <laughs> I could not. And ever since then, I didn't dare grandma anymore. I took her at her word. Uh-huh. I saw her make wine. I saw her make blackberry cobbler. I saw her make old-fashioned hoghead cheese and Ooh. things, um, deep dish cobblers, black gooseberries was my favorite. Gooseberry pie? Yeah. That's... Oh, my God. My grandma would tear that up. She would make cakes from scratch. Every year at Christmas time, we would take those cakes and give them out to all their neighbors. We had 15 apartments. Grandma made the cakes, and we had to deliver them. She did this every year. So I get it honest. When I grow food for people to feed people, I always have a box that's there for anyone that needs to eat. I see. Yeah. She always taught us, never send any way from, anyone away from your door that's hungry. Because mm-hmm. it'll always come, always come back to you. And that's what I literally do. I go out everywhere I go, and I feed people. Mm-hmm. I show them how to use their food to preserve it so that during the winter months when it's snowing on the ground, they have a taste of the summer. Yeah. Right on their table. Right. And it's pretty amazing. You grow that all in your 1,400 square, square foot. Yes. Garden. Yes, I grow it in whiskey barrels. I grow it in raised boxes. I grow it in flower pots. I grow (laughs) it on trees. I grow it on the fence. Wherever I can get a space, I will grow. That's amazing. We were just touring the backyard here at Roberta's and seeing 
some of the trees. There's a couple apple trees, a couple fig trees, and Classy's going on about how she's got peaches and plums falling off in this garden in, yes. in Harlem. Yes, I just made a plum sauce. Mm. I just made a peach jam. I can't wait to try I got it. peaches fermenting as we speak. Fermenting? Fermenting. Oh, what's that going to be? Well, that's going to be peach uh, preserves. Oh, okay. So okay. that, you know, you can put that a hard on a scone. Peach cider or something. Or <laughs> you can put that on a scone. Or you okay. can make a, a peach cobbler, which I intend oh. to make when I get home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm gonna make uh, it. I like to make a peach butter. Okay. That's it's, like a denser yes, preserve, right? Yes. Okay. I can't wait to, to try my peach preserves. Thank you so much for, <laughs> for the little jar. That's plums. Oh, that's a plum. Okay. That's a plum, plum sauce, sauce. Which I made from the plum tree in our There's garden. There's so many kinds. I, I use that when I grill. If you grill chicken or corn, oh, you just yeah. spread a little that's over a the top. It, it gives a whole new different flavor. Mm. And I love giving that flavor, especially to our vegetables. We don't know how good our vegetables taste until we bring out the full flavor in it. Mm. So I like to do that. So uh, I know you've traveled a bit and you've taught at other cities and other countries. I mean, not other countries, right? Other states. Other states. Not countries yet. Not countries (laughs) just yet. Um, And also in big farms, not in community gardens in cities. What do you think is like... What do you think is special about your community in Harlem, or what are some differences? Because our community is close-knit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can go out, and not just here. Because I'm a gardener, I can go into any city or state, connect with the gardens, mm-hmm. gardeners there. I can find out what's going on, what's the best places to eat, who has the best sauce, and it's just a camaraderie there with all the urban gardeners. Yeah. Once you are a gardener, it makes connections. That's true. And I don't care where you go. Even if you go overseas, if you connect with people that garden, it's a whole different ambiance. Right. And I went to Canada. I went to Seattle, Washington. I connected with the gardeners there. We became friends. I met architects that did um, the rainwater system. Yeah. A whole lot different than we did. Uh, When I connect with gardeners, they tell me the best place to eat, where to get the best supplies. I mean, it's a connection. Yeah, it's a great way to share knowledge. I think that connection comes from because we work with the earth. We work in live plants, and we all have that connection. And I can go into any community. I find out who to running the gardens there, and I'm at home. Right. Can you smell them out in a crowd? Like, (laughs) can you see who's a gardener here? Uh, All I got to do is bring out my jam. Oh, yeah. Okay. And and you can tell. (laughs) The the spirit is different. Uh, They love the land. Uh, some of them have come into my garden, and right away they go right to the dirt, the compost. Mm, yeah. They, right away they go to the dirt. And you, you, you know it. Right. E- even if you see them, they're going to gravitate to greenery. Yeah. Anywhere you go. So how did you realize, or when did you find that you could be a gardener in Harlem? I, I mean, it's 
quite a difference from growing up in the farm in the south, like your like your parents. Yeah, and your I grandma. never thought I'd be gardening. Yeah. Okay, because I was in college. I was a bookworm. Uh-huh. You know, I was a city child. I born in Harlem Hospital. You know, I wasn't right. thinking about no farming. Exactly. Not knowing, knowing that it was in my history to do this, mm-hmm. and from then I really started the garden to get my dad to retire. Because he was still working at 77 and didn't want to retire. And he had two jobs. Oh, wow. And it was an idea put together to try to get him to retire and still have something to do. I see. Only thing, so I didn't know I was going to get 30 other seniors <laughs> along with that. And it kind of scared me, so I went to get the help. And that's where I met Green Thumb. And they showed me how to organize. They showed me how to clean out the lots. They, and then I had another problem because I was a city child. I didn't know how to plant. <laughs> I was still running from red worms. <laughs> and Dad said, oh, that's no problem. Now, all these years that I'm with Dad, I had no idea what he did. And come to find out, my dad's been farming since he was five years old. He's 95 now. He showed me how to plant. He showed me how to take care of the fruit trees. He never forgot, right? He he never forgot. And I I, I was amazed to find out my father had this wealth of knowledge. Mm. So I learned quickly. He showed me how to plant the peach trees. He did it with an art. He showed me how to grow the biggest collard greens. Mm. Uh, It's amazing. He showed me how to compost the old way. And I met someone by the name of Kathleen mm-hmm. McTie, and she was working for Just Food. And when she saw me canning, she just said, well, you got to train others to do this. Mm-hmm. You got to pass on the gift. Not knowing it was going to end up being over 4,000 canners, <laughs> 4,000 people, and the number is still growing. And it's not just my community. It's other communities, too. Yeah. People are grabbing back to the land. Everything we need, I truly believe, is in that land. And if you take care of the land, the land will take care of you. Absolutely. Well said. So, Classy, after those 20-plus years of service to your community, teaching them, um, I'm excited to tell everybody that Classy is now getting uh, honored by Just Food at their next Let Us Eat Local annual fundraiser gala this September 21st. And uh, Classy is going to be up there getting a nice speech and award, and it's going to be well-deserved. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, So I know you picked out a little song just to play during this break. Yes, I did. And I want you to listen to that song because that song, excuse me, has a meaning. Okay. It's Michael Jackson singing Man in the Mirror, and he talks about change. And that change is important within us as well as the world because we need that change to save the land. We need to teach our young people to care for the land because when we're off the scene, we need our young people to take care of the land. All right, let's hear it, and we'll be right back. change for once in my life. 
gonna feel real good Gonna make a difference Gonna make it right As I turn up the collar on My favorite winter coat This wind is blowing my mind I see the kids in the street With not enough to eat Who am I to be blind Pretending not to see them making that change all right yeah all right we're back on let's eat in with classy parker from five star community garden in the harlem and i'm your host kathy airway and that was just michael jackson's man in the middle classy's choice yes i love that man (laughs) he says what i be thinking yeah i'm sorry he passed but his work still goes on and that's what i want to do my work to go on And that's why I've trained thousands of people how to preserve their fruits and vegetables. Because even if I'm not here, the work will still go on. Absolutely. You're passing on, I guess, a dying art almost, it seems. Um, But you've been canning forever, so that's not... It was a way of life. It was, yeah. For me as a little girl. And you know what? Right now is the best time to start stocking up on all your jams and cans and... All sorts of vegetables. Yes. And Classy was talking off air about put, making some soup right now and putting it in a big mason jar and uh, having that in the winter. My famous corn okra and tomato soup is my meatless meal. I saute it together. I add no uh, salt, no pepper. I leave it natural. Oh, it so is the, the most are he- very tasty. It, yeah. it, it is the most healthiest thing you can eat mm-hmm. in the winter. It's non-fattening. There's no salt, really? No. Wow. You have salt. It, the natural juice of the tomatoes is salty, so you don't need any salt. See, this is, what, this is what real people of the soil tell me. But then I hear all these things from chefs telling me, you have to have put more salt in things. It's so funny. The ah. only, if you really want to taste the flavor of a tomato, sprinkle a, a little bit of kosher salt on the tomato, mm-hmm. all the flavor pops out. Yeah. Even without the salt... When you go and pick it off a vine, you still taste that salty taste. I know, you're right. And sometimes we hide the natural flavor of the vegetable by putting too much of salt. Yeah, what's up with that? I, I totally agree. Okay. <laughs> this is why we have high blood pressure, hypertension, <laughs> we stress, we have anxiety, because we don't go back to eating the natural foods that we were giving as children. I, I see it also as part of respect for that tomato. Let's have let's let's give it a chance here to shine before you, we mess with and it. And then we waste a lot mm-hmm. because we have so much. When you start to can, my grandmother was one that 
didn't throw away nothing except the bones, and she gave the dogs the bones. If she had anything left, she would put it in the compost bin. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother came from a farm, so everything they had was precious. Yeah, like the orange peel pie. Orange peel and pie. I didn't think you could eat orange peels. My grandmother dared me to try it. That sounds good. That's what was one bet I lost. (laughs) She made it like a cobbler. I could not stop eating it. Orange (laughs) peel. She said, it's orange peel and pie. I said, Grandma, you cannot eat that. She said, watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since then, I never questioned Grandma. She would cook gooseberries. She would make watermelon rind pickles. She, she didn't throw nothing away. Mm. Even when she would quilt, she'd take old clothing, cut them into pieces, sew the pieces together, make her blocks, and then she put, sew the blocks together to make quilts. Really? My grandmother was always doing something. And I found out as I got older, I'm the same way. <laughs> I knit, I crochet, I cook, I sing, I dance, I love life. It is most amazing. And when I'm in the garden, I'm like right at home. Yeah. It's like in your blood, maybe. Well, I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> but now That's I do. Funny. It, 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 you know, the older you get, the more you're going to see where you, you're going to imitate your parents. Mm. What they went through. Sure. And when I look back and I see my grandmother canned in the woods down in South Carolina on an open fire in a big pot. Hmm. I have a kitchen stove, and she was able to can using the blue ball canning jars, yeah. and they were blue. That go way back. Right. <laughs> Here I can go to the hardware store, get me some jars, the ball canning jars. I got a big stock pot that I could use. It is so it's easy. easy. Yeah. It is so they had to chop <laughs> We're the wood. So spoiled. They had to uh get water from a creek. Oh my goodness. Uh or well, you know, we got life so easy and we don't share. You don't have to pick the berries, you can get them from the farmers market. Or the or, CSA. Yeah. Or your garden where you grow it. <laughs> we got it so easy. And because it's easy, we waste. We waste. All I'm trying to say is go back and get that which you threw away and use it because that teaches children responsibility. That teaches them you got to work for your food. Ain't nothing free. Mm -hmm. And it protects the land because as we start to love the land, we'll always have a flow and source of food. Absolutely. There should be no child hungry like Michael Jackson said. (laughs) No child should go to bed hungry. Do you believe in New York City we still have children that go to bed hungry? We we still have seniors that go to bed hungry. That should not be. Especially when we got all this land that is underutilized. So I'm saying, go back to the old way. Because when you start cooking, it's going to bring people, community, together. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that example that you're setting. Um... So to switch gears a tiny little bit, because I think you'd be a very good expert to ask this question. Okay. Uh, what do you think would be the perfect date meal, in your opinion? Oh. Okay. You, you make some red pear preserves. Okay. You get some cheese and crackers. Yes. 
You make some corn okra tomato soup, mm-hmm. and you cook one cup of brown rice. Mm-hmm. You get a bottle of wine, <laughs> and here's what you do. You give them all the all. You set the candlelight. <laughs> you give them all the hors d'oeuvre, and on that hors d'oeuvre, you have a cheese cracker and your red pear preserves. That's okay. the entree. Yum. Then you take the corn okra tomato soup, and you put it over the brown rice. Mm-hmm. You have one cup of wine, one candle, and that's your meatless dinner as well as your most romantic dinner. Yeah? Yeah. That sounds pretty hot. It is. Wait till I tell you about them cannon parties. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That is a good idea to get to meet people. I'm telling you, when it's food, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you ain't got no mate, have a cannon party. (laughs) The women, if it's a man, he can't get rid of them. If it's the women, all the guys will be around. Oh, yeah, that's That is no joke. I've had two marriage proposals just from my red pear preserves. (laughs) I told him, no, thank you. That I will teach his girlfriend how to make it. <laughs> Believe me, it works. Because yeah. with the food and the camaraderie mm-hmm. and the conversations. And there's something about like the steaming water in the yeah. background. And everybody got to work. <laughs> yeah. And you be having fun. Mm-hmm. You be your real self. They can see your true light in you. Right. Okay. And but you, you get men to come to this canning party? Lord, I, How sometimes do you do I have more men than women. Really? I had one I'm canning class wrong. with um, some students from uh, college. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have it for their fraternity. <laughs> really? And believe me, they got more girls than you know. Ooh. I always see, I see, you know, canning as a, I don't know, I didn't realize until now, but I see it as a female thing. But Oh, no, men but make I, the best chefs. Okay. I got some friends that can. Mm-hmm. Oh, Roger makes uh, the best pickle relish I know. Oh, yeah. And he, he, he makes the honey. He got beehives. Mm-hmm. And his grandmother showed him. Men do make the best chefs. Really? I'll take a man any day. You think they do? Yes, they Period? do. Why? Because they like to eat. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> they like to eat. They like to eat more than women? They like to eat, and they like yeah. to eat good food. Okay. If you can cook... You'll have problems chasing away a man. Mm-hmm. If you can cook, they can eat. Okay. They can I eat. I think, okay. <laughs> it goes both ways sometimes. But yes, men do, are voracious eaters. In and they're good cooks when they want to yeah. cook. If, you don't, if they don't cook for themselves, they'll go to somebody who do. Mm-hmm. But if they turn into cooks, they are really good. Yeah. yeah that's a good an interesting observation. Have you ever been to culinary school yourself? No. No, I would like to go one day yeah. because I like to mix and match foods. Right now, I'm more of a southern cook canner right. and southern okay. cook, so I do the old, the old way, southern style. But uh, I would like to um, lacto ferment more. Mm, you yeah. know, I would like I like to make quiche quiche and. Um, pickles. Mm-hmm. I use the whey. Right now, I'm working on sauerkraut with pickle beets. Oh, lacto fermented, mm-hmm. and I think it's the it's one of the healthy ways of eating, mm-hmm. and I really like it. Good, yeah, that's something uh, I've been dabbling with too. A little with kimchi and kimchi is off it's the hook. A, yeah, but <laughs> that that sauerkraut with the pickle relish with the pickle beets. 
Really? So it, you put the pickled beets and I mix use it red with the cabbage. Red cabbage, okay. Red cabbage oh, I with the pickled beets. Mm-hmm. And that turns like a purple color. Yeah. And I lactose ferment it. Yeah. And then I mix it together. So it's a little sweet and a little sour and everything. Oh, it's off the hook. Yeah. You put that on a hot dog, you, you wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> it is so good. And what do you think are some of your signature classy cans of something? My red pear preserves, okay. my corn okra and tomato, mm-hmm. my strawberry jam with southern comfort, <laughs> and my bourbon peaches. Nice. Strawberry and southern comfort. Oh, God, that's so good. Yeah, that sounds like a great combination for a jam, right? Yes. For jam. What about a pie? Huh? Uh, mm. Well, right now I do coconut custard pies. Okay. I do deep dish sweet potato pies. Ooh, and I do up. fig pies. Okay. And how about since we're going to get a lot of apples really soon? Oh, what would deep you recommend? dish apple pie is a must. Okay, so you have to get a deep dish and then just fill it up with apples. Well, I do deep dish okay. because my grandmother trained me. She doesn't like anything thin. Yeah. So she likes to taste her fruit. Mm-hmm. So I always do it one inch thick mm-hmm. or more. Okay. And the apple season is coming. You got apple butter, apple pie, apple preserves, apple toss, apple sauce, apple tots, apple cider. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things you can do. And I do an apple pear pie. Sometimes I do an apple a pear cranberry pie, mm. especially during the seasons now if you mix them. And... Um, for Christmas, I do a cranberry uh, sauce, cranberry jam mm-hmm. with oranges mm. and the orange peelings in it. It makes the best gift. Yeah. Because no nice. one will say no because it was handmade. Made with love. And usually I make my gifts for Christmas. Yeah. And grown with love, too, by yes. yourself. Yes. How can anyone top that kind of gift? It's the best. And people cherish that. I can get more with a jar of preserves than I can if I pay cash. <laughs> That's true. Well, thank you so much for that gift that you've been continuously giving to our community and other ones, too. Thank you. And uh, best of luck with that peach pie later on today. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be off the hook. All right. <laughs> So that was Classy Parker, and that's our show today on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Airway. Thanks to Jack Inslee, and we'll see you next week. This is a message from Fork and Anchor. Aaron Fitzpatrick, the host of our wine program, Unfiltered, is looking for help on Kickstarter to open Fork and Anchor, a general store inspired by two food-loving ladies with an equal affection for urban life, the sea, and the agricultural paradise of Long Island's North Fork. The store is situated in a growing community of farmers and winemakers and will become a meeting place offering prepared foods, a variety of sun-dries, and a selection of homespun products, many of which will have their origins in New York State. Your backing will help them fulfill their dream of fostering relationships with the community and making the local food system accessible on a broader scale. Search kickstarter.com for Fork and Anchor and donate today.